Blog Talk Radio. Topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Who is January Jones? She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from the Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote, Thou Shall Not Wine, The 11th Commandment, that reached number one at Amazon.com. She is a reality TV golf personality with World High Stakes Golf televised on HDNet. She is a humorist and winologist expert. She is your featured host today on January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and listen to Ms. Jones with her eclectic roster of guests as you learn life's lessons. These stories plus sharing equals success. Welcome and remember, beware. Because you are entering the no-whining world of January Jones. Hello, I'm January Jones, and I would like to welcome you to our podcast today. Now, for my listeners, let me ask you a question. Can you imagine being able to start writing at the age of eight on your uncle's manual typewriter. Think about that. Think what it would be like for your work to be published by the time you're 12 years old. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to record an audiobook? Do you even listen to audiobooks? Would you like to meet someone who has narrated 16 Amazon Audible ACX books for clients. Tell me, are you ready to make some big changes in your life? If you can answer yes or maybe to this question, then you are in the right place. And I would like to welcome you to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Now, let me tell you a little bit about my guest today. She started writing short stories on her Uncle Bob's manual typewriter at the age of eight years old while the grown-ups were playing poker. (laughs) She hasn't ceased writing since. She first published at the age of 12 in the National Anthology of Young American Poets. She decided that wordcraft would shape her path through life. She was right. And now she has been a very active narrator, producer of audiobooks for clients since the pandemic made remote working from home a reality for almost two years now completing 16 audiobooks for clients in just 20 months with several more in her pipeline. It is my pleasure to welcome to our show today, Jeannie Kokorin. Hi, Jeannie. How are you doing today? I'm great, January. Thanks so much for having me. 
It's oh. wonderful to be here. <laughs> oh, it is wonderful to have you. I, I'm so excited. Um, let's start off with talking about what it was like in the pandemic for you and um, what you did, how it affected your career. Uh, just give me a little rundown of your pandemic story, kiddo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had this incredible job, the job of a lifetime that I had always wanted. I was the film commissioner for Sarasota County, Florida, after uh, 10 years with the film commission in the state of Nevada, headquartered in Las Vegas. So I had this great job and had originated it for Sarasota County in 2007. So it had been, you know, 14 years, basically, that I had the job and built it up. And we were serving seriously uh, several thousand projects every single year and generating tens of millions of dollars in uh, direct spending into Sarasota County by all the productions we serve. Mm -hmm. So pandemic hits and I get a phone call and we're working remotely. My whole office, there were, yeah, I think, 10 of us, not in the film commission, but in economic development division for the county. And uh -huh. we're all working from home. And I get a phone call at quarter after four on a Friday afternoon that said, hey, we're really sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to shut down the film office and lay you off. Bye. <laughs> and that was at 4.15 on Friday. And at 4.30, my, my computer went dead. And I was suddenly uh, somewhat uh, involuntarily retired. And uh -huh. thought, now, how do I earn a living since I'm no longer working? And said, actually, it was kind of the dream of a lifetime to work remotely full time and do the projects I wanted to do instead of what I had to do. And I started doing a lot of different things. I was still helping productions with scouting and locations and helping them find cast and working, you know, as an ex officio film commissioner. But I also went back to writing, which is my first love and started revamping novels that I had written that had, you know, laid fallow for a while, children's books that I wanted to get going again that were mine and all original and music and lyrics. And suddenly I was busier than I've ever been. So yeah. I then one of my friends, uh, a lady named Karen, who is a Renaissance woman and does everything. She writes and produces and sings and plays piano and composes and Incredible. You. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she said, you know, you really need to look into audiobooks. And she's the one that introduced me to ACX, which okay. is a division of Amazon, which is a division of Audible, vice versa, mm -hmm. whatever order they go in. And yeah. sure enough, I jumped in with both feet and uh, haven't stopped since. So it's been about 20 months of my two-year layoff, quote, unquote. <laughs> we all know what that means. Anyway, it's fine. I love Sarasota County, and they were very good to me, and the people are wonderful, and they just had to do what they had to do. But anyway, yeah, you know, that's it's all I got here. It's one of these stories that I'm hearing more and more every time I have people on the show. It'll come about that the pandemic was a shock and set everyone back, but then slowly but surely, people started to regroup they went back to the drawing board right. and all of a sudden amazing things have been happening for everyone uh speaking of audiobooks i'm one of Jeannie's clients and yes. she's done two of my audio she has taken two of my books and made them into audio for me and they're now available um, you know, it's an honor. It was an honor to do it and a hysterically funny honor when I was doing Thou Shalt Not Wine and then a really enlightening and eye-opening, knowledgeable experience when I was doing the Christina. And I'm looking forward to more. So. Yeah. Well, this is why we're doing a little promotion here for audiobooks. And I'm promoting Jeannie because she was my narrator. But Jeannie, tell us a little bit about how the process works. 
what happens? You know, I mean, I discovered you could do audio books when we were out having lunch. <laughs> so duh, I finally <laughs> realized one of my dear friends could help me on my project. How do people uh, reach out to you? How does it begin, the process? Well, for those people out there who've always wanted to write a book, and I meet them all the time, mm-hmm. um, for the people that say, gosh, I've got a book in me. There's a book I want to write. I want to tell yeah. my life story. I, I've got this fiction idea. I've got this murder mystery idea, a children's book, whatever it might be. Um, yeah. It has never been easier to get started. It doesn't mean you'll do a great job or people will buy your book, but it has never been easier for you to get started. Uh, January, you and I were talking about this. I call it the democratization of writing and publishing and authorship um, because never before in the history of writing novels or children's books or anything else have we individual writers had the freedom to create our book, to get it out there, to get it marketed, to get it distributed, to get it published and take our chances with the public liking it or not liking it. We always had to wind our way through that morass of, oh, can I get an agent? Oh, can I get a publisher? Oh, do they like me? Do they return my calls? Do they send in query letters until I'm cross-eyed? Now, you can go to ACX, which is just ACX, like AppleCharlieXray.com, and they can tell you all about how to do an audio book. That's the good news. The bad news is you've got to have an e-book first. So go to Amazon, and if you go to Amazon Kindle, or Amazon KDP, which stands for Kindle Direct Publishing. I'm not giving them an advertisement. They're not paying me for this, but you can go to Amazon's KDP. And uh, they, will, they will give you instructions step-by-step step how to do your own book, how to lay it out, what size to make it, how, what kind of fonts, and, and all the information you need without having to go back to college and take courses on how to publish your own ebook. Oh, Amazon yeah. and... and um, KDP will walk you through it and yep. they'll teach you what you need. And then you get her done, get her done as an ebook. And if you've already got a book, like you are a published author of years standing and great credibility. And uh, when I met you, I was just thunderstruck by how terrific your, your resume is and your credentials are and your books are. Mm-hmm. But even if you people out there don't have those credentials and experience, this is your chance to get started. And it's never too late. I, mean, look at me. I get laid off and I'm back at it. I, I have written novels in the past and um, uh, kind of let them again fall fallow because I had a great day job that kept me working 60 hours a week. So. Well, you know, for our listeners, I have to share with them that I, it, it, Jeannie says it's never too late. It's so true. I wrote my first book when I was 50 years old. So if I can do that, anyone can do it. And before this uh, revolution or democratization of the publishing world, as you said, Jeannie, Mm -hmm. before then, the only notable self-published author, as far as I knew, was Mark Twain. And, (laughs) And of course, if you're Mark Twain, you could probably do anything. He probably ended up owning his own publishing company. Probably. For regular people, for regular people, these resources that have become available are incredible. They're amazing. And we're going to take a break now. And when we come back, we're going to tell you more about how you can get an audio book. Yeah, and no whining. <laughs> Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? 
So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Wine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com. Ms. Jones based her book on a survey of the top 10 things that people whine about at all ages and all stages of life. January is a success coach that can tell you how to help others. When you buy Thou Shall Not Wine, the 11th commandment, you'll find out what people whine about and how to stop them from whining. This is the perfect gift book to give or get for any occasion. Thou Shall Not Wine was voted the best gift to be given anonymously for those special people in your life. Ms. Jones is an internationally known author in the style of Irma Bombeck, specializing in housewife humor with her book being published in Korea and China. You can find Thou Shall Not Wine at Amazon.com. Welcome back to the New Wine Zone. I'm here with my friend Jeannie Kokorian, and she is not a whiner because she is a true winner. Now, Jeannie, before we go on, would you share with our listeners your website information and how they can contact you and some projects that you're working on? Sure. Um, the website, it, you'll see it, and it, it looks as if it's meant for children. It's meant for everybody. It's got all kinds of content. Uh, and references up there. The website is www.storygenie, genie, that's me, storygenie.com. That's it, www.storygenie.com. And my email is really easy. It is storygenie at gmail.com. So feel free to email me as well. And you'll see links on it for some of the things that I've done and some of the things I'm working on, uh, children's, I keep looking at my Crazy hair in the in the uh, camera. Sorry. Anyway, uh, the I've got a Christmas special that I hope will be animated one of these days, and it has all original music and it has all original characters, and I hope it'll become a Christmas classic with all original new Christmas songs. And then also um, the Meanie Bug book, which is up on Amazon. And for those of you with children 12 and under, whether they're your own children or nieces or nephews or grandkids or whatever they might be. Uh, 12 and Under Love, Having Fun with the Meanie Bug book. And it's for free for those who have Kindle Unlimited. You can go up there and get it. Full color, uh, really nice quality creation. And it is um, just a lot of fun for kids to act out and read aloud because everything in it is all silly characters. And the full name of the book, in order to find it, you have to, to actually put the real name in, which is The Meanie Bug and Other Silly Creatures. And Meanie is M-E-A-N-I-E, The Meanie Bug and other silly creatures. And it was based on my youngest son when he was three, who uh, was being so obnoxious one day, he just was driving me crazy. And finally I said, Keel, why are you being so mean to mommy? And he was genuinely surprised and he, he kind of pulled back and went, oh, it's not my fault. The meanie bug bit me. <laughs> and he made it up. So I said, you know, that's an imaginative kid. And it was funny. So I made a book out of it. <laughs> And, you know, we're going to be posting all of that in, in, information in our chat bar on the side of the screen. So this will all come across the screen as it is right now, storygenie.com. And for our listeners, also remember, I'll be doing this podcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Just go to talkfortv.com and tune in throughout the year. Also, these uh, podcasts are put on YouTube. So there you can go to January Jones Success Stories 
and watch all of the shows that I've done so far this year. If you have a few, if you have a few months to sit and watch them all, because there's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> this is good for anyone who's uh, bedbound, and that I'm talking to someone named Nancy, a dear friend of ours who. All right hip surgery, and I know she is bedbound, so we're going to get her tuned in to YouTube January Jones for sure. Uh, okay, Jeannie, now tell us a little bit about auto recording. Now, we've already established that you have to have a book. And, uh, we've an e-book. Yeah, yeah, have an e-book. Yeah, an e-book uh, or a paperback book at Amazon, mm-hmm. and we told you how to go about that. So the important thing about writing a book is you have to, guess what, sit down. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no secret here. That's well. just a can-do thing for everyone. So now your book is done, and you go to storygenie.com to find out how to have it become an audio book. And take it from there, Jeannie. What happens next? Well, you can reach out to me. You can, you can email me at storygenie at gmail, or you can go to the epicenter for doing these audio books, which is acx.com, mm-hmm. like Apple Charlie X-Ray, acx.com. And you can sign up to find a narrator producer who will make your book into an audio book. And you list your book, you fill in the information they need from you, and you put up an idea of what kind of price you want to pay. And some people pay so much per finished hour. Some people pay residuals only, uh, royalties only. Some do a combination of um, a fee to make it as well as a piece of the sales, which is a piece of the royalties. And you mix and match depending on what you feel is right for you and your book and your needs. And then you put the audition up there and suddenly you are bombarded with people like me that all <laughs> want to be narrators and producers. And uh, depending on what criteria you list and try to be selective when you list your criteria, if you just say a woman's voice, well, you're going to get us all. They're going to empty the refrigerator on you. You're going to get old women, <laughs> young women, ethnic women, uh, accented women, uh, southern women, northern women, New York women. You're going to get all kinds of women sending you auditions. If you don't want to listen to 200 auditions, be selective. Say you're looking for a mid-aged woman, uh, an American accent with no particular inflection, or um, someone that is a grandmother, or someone that is a hip, cool, you know, hipster type, or someone that is has a wonderful ethnicity. And please, to those of you, uh, if you yourself um, have uh, an ethnicity in your book that that you want to be genuine about and you want to be authentic about, find a narrator who sounds like you. Find a narrator who accentuates words the way you do and make that connection and and you'll be close to one another and she or he will do an amazing job for you. So find someone kind of tailor-made to what you need, not just a, a scattershot approach of getting, you know, way too many auditions to listen to because what happens then is you'll get, Seriously, 100 auditions. Oh, yeah. And after, after the first 15, you'll be so exhausted. You will, take, you will take one of those 15 because you just can't do it anymore. You just don't want to listen to it anymore. It's, they're all sounding the same. If but you may miss out on truly the right person because you did this scattershot approach. So try to tailor it genuinely to what you want. And don't be afraid to ask. You know, it's, it, I've, I've yeah. seen many an audition that's, 
sounds perfect for me. And I just know it's a subject I would love and my heart would be in it. And it would, it would just be such a joy to do it. And then as I'm reading the criteria, it'll say male, <laughs> under 30, uh, you know, with a British accent. Well, that's not me. So move on. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, a, it's an interesting experience because before I realized that my friend Jeannie did audiobooks, I did that process. And you uh, submit your own script. So you submit something from your book mm -hmm. that you would like to listen to. And then you submit the same script to several different narrators. So then you can get a feel for different approaches. And Jeannie's so right. You have to be specific. It's just uh, narrow it down, narrow it down. And Otherwise, you're drinking from the fire hose. You are. You are, yes. you are hit by a tsunami. I'm not kidding. So. Yeah, there's so many genres to choose from that you have to uh, be very careful. And uh, Jeannie just uh, finished uh, making my book about the Kennedys into an audio book. And right now we're going to hear a little bit about the Kennedy books that I've written. Very exciting. Let me ask you a question. Are you still wondering who killed Kennedy? Over 50 years later, the assassination is still a mystery. It is unfinished business for our country. Now, get ready for a theory that you've never heard before, but will make more sense than any other conspiracy theory that you've ever heard in the past. January Jones speaks the unspeakable in her book, Jackie, Ari, and Jack, The Tragic Love Triangle, connecting Jackie and Aristotle Onassis romantically prior to JFK's assassination. Did you know that Ari was Jackie's guest in the White House during the JFK funeral? He was the only non-family member who was invited by Jackie to stay there during the funeral. Aristotle Onassis was one of the wealthiest men in the world, with the means, the motive, and the money to order an assassination that was the perfect crime of the last century. Ari needed class and Jackie needed cash. They were perfect for each other. Now, what is Camelot? It is but another tragic love triangle. Jackie, Ari, and Jack is available at JanuaryJones.com, Amazon.com, and Audiobooks.com, read by Ms. Jones. Welcome back with the story of Jeannie. And if you have listened to that commercial, you will have the information that I also have narrated an audiobook. However, truth be told, I did it many years ago, probably 10 years ago or so, and it was quite a difficult production. Several days, it was, it was all I could do. After doing that, I knew I would probably never do it again. <laughs> it's not my cup of tea. However, if people like Jeannie around, you can hire people. And do you have uh, any tips for authors who think they would like to uh, narrate their own book? Which sure. is what I did, but I wasn't happy doing <laughs> Well, go into it with your eyes open and your throat well lubricated. Keep water nearby. Don't, don't drink milk. Don't drink dairy products. Don't eat cheese. Don't do things that coat your throat. Uh, it'll make it harder for you and your mouth will sound fleshy. Uh, you know, you have to be careful what you eat and drink when you're doing audio recording. Have the proper environment to record in. When I first started this, I created a little sound booth here at home in my home office. 
and I put foam core, which is a, a they call it egg crate foam rubber core uh, panels, and I built them around a, around my workspace, so I was fairly soundproof. You have to have professional quality earphones, a professional quality microphone, mm -hmm. and you need a quiet space because believe me, once you get going, you'd be amazed everything that gets picked up in the environment around you. A dog barks, you have to stop, you have to rewind, you know, you have to go back to what you were doing. Somebody rings a doorbell, somebody knocks on your office door, yeah. uh, you, you <coughs> clear your throat. Um, all these things are errors and all these things have to be removed and homogenized out. And when you are going to narrate your own book, nobody knows it better than you do. But sometimes that's not a blessing, that's a curse. Because to you, you already know where this is going. You already know where you're headed and, and what the end result is going to be. You wrote it. But you don't want the listener to an audio book to get disinterested because your tone of voice is already uh, giving them the feeling of what's coming. Yeah. I don't know exactly how to explain it better than that, but you want your narrator to have the ability to build the plot with you, with your writing, to build the plot, to keep the listener listening, to finish every chapter with a little bit of a up note so they want to go to the next chapter. Think of when you read a book. There's always something at the end of a chapter that compels you to turn the page and read the next page. Same yeah. thing with audiobooks. You want the listener to be really interested in what happens next. Where does it go from here? And it can be a documentary kind of book. It can be a biography kind of book. It can be a thriller. It can be a romance novel. It can be a children's book. Whatever it is, you want to get the flow of the plot and the rhythm of the reading to keep fresh and to keep going and to believe that the narrator themselves, they're learning as they go too. And it's yeah. surprising to them where it makes them smile in their voice. You don't want to be laughing out loud and carrying on, but you want personality and um, you want a genuine quality to the read. When you're reading it, it needs to feel genuine, not stilted or bookish or very um, pedantic as if the teacher is telling you, this is how it's going to sound and this is what's next. And, you know, it's got to have... Um, a very genuine, authentic person reading it who themselves uh, themselves are interested in what they're reading. I love I love doing narration because it's just uh, escaping into that world for me. And I want to be in that world. I want to be that person that well, I am portraying when I'm reading. And, and uh, our listeners may not know this, but Jeannie is quite an actress, a singer, very talented person. So this is just a new aspect of her career that she's developing. Uh, how can actors who are listening get started as uh, doing narration? How do they apply and experience this? Well, and an actor, actress uh, wants to be doing this, or a public speaker, people who speak publicly quite a bit, motivational speakers, uh, people that talk to large groups all the time and they're comfortable speaking not only from a script, but also extemporaneously. People that are comfortable with their own voice, their own sound. They know how they sound to other people. Um, people that are comfortable with speaking aloud to others, in groups especially, uh, or in this case, you're alone in a recording space, but you are speaking to this huge audience that you uh, can't estimate how big it is. Um, first thing you want to do is have a little demo of your work. If you've done voiceovers or you've done commercials or you've done narratives for other things, try to get clips of those and 
if you have to pay to have someone else record these clips in a studio environment or to clean them up and make them uh, crisp and easy to understand, spend the money, get yourself a nice little demo of, of three to five samples of your voice. Um, mm -hmm. And then when you go on to ACX or you go on to Spoken Worlds or there's, there's a lot of different sites out there. I like ACX the best because they offer the whole package. They offer it all from the recording side of it and the laboratory side of it that checks all your work and scrutinizes your quality and scrutinizes your floor sound and your room sound and everything else. I like them because they're that. And then they are also Audible to put out the audiobook and they are also Amazon to put out the ebook. Mm -hmm. So they're all under one umbrella. Um, so you get your quiet recording space, you have some samples, you set up your site for ACX or whichever you choose, you load up your samples, you put them in the order that you think promote you the best way and keeps people listening to your samples as they go down the line. Mm -hmm. And then you put out your auditions. You start auditioning. And yes. it's up to you, how much rejection can you take? <laughs> yeah, do not go in thinking, oh, what a piece of cake. It's so easy. All I have to do is read a book. Yay! And uh, you think you're going to be flooded with offers, and you just are not because you're one of a pool of probably a couple hundred people who are actively doing this every single day. So when you decide to audition, you check the auditions that are available every day because you want to be one of the first people in the door if it appeals to you and you think you'll do a good job. Don't just audition for every single thing that comes up. Be a little selective on your part, too, because you don't want – actually, I've had people contact me and offer me books that were really not appropriate for me, and I didn't audition for them. They heard my samples, and then they reached out and said, oh, I really like your voice. Can you do this book that's set in Timbuktu and use this authentic yada, yada, yada accent and uh, and pretend that you are a 12-year-old? No, no, I can't. I really can't. <laughs> I can try, but I don't think you'd be happy. I don't think I'd be happy. So well, It's the same thing as accepting an acting role or auditioning for an acting role. You have to uh, go where your strengths are, where you feel comfortable. Or you have a shot, yeah. Yeah, and that'll give you a good chance for success. Now, do you think it's important uh, for authors to enter contests, uh, audio authors? I know they have the Audis every year, and that's a good way probably to promote your work, don't you think? Well, contests across all forms of media uh, can be interesting. I, um, when I was with the State of Nevada Film Commission in Las Vegas, we had the United States' oldest state-sponsored screenplay competition every year. And we would get, you know, hundreds of scripts from around the world, and we would have professional judges who were themselves authors or screenwriters and teachers of screenwriting and so forth. And, and our judges would sort through them, and people that won the first, there were 10 winning slots, mm -hmm. first place, you know, the grand prize, and then second through 10th. And um, the, the good news was it was such a legitimate contest, and it had 22 years of, of credibility behind it, that we did get a lot of great uh, opportunities. And I would take the winner, I would take the grand prize winner, the number one winner, and at my expense for our film commission, I would take that person uh, from our Florida office, I would take that person to LA or New York, whatever was appropriate, set up mm -hmm. meetings for them, and they would have a real shot at someone picking up their screenplay. So I tell you that because if you're going to compete in a contest, first of all, know how old is the contest and how much credibility does it have? Because there are a lot of contests out there and all they want are your entry fees. And they want, and they want thousands of entry fees. If they're charging you $50 or $75 or $250, whatever it is, um, and they are trying to get 
thousands of entries, mm-hmm. what, are your, what are your real chances of being thoroughly read? What are your real chances of being thoroughly listened to as an audiobook? Um, not likely. I mean, do they have a cap on how many entries they accept? Do they have well, well credentialed judges? And it doesn't have to be superstars. I mean, you don't have to have Stephen King listening to your audiobook or Dean Koontz listening to your audiobook if you have a thriller. Um, but you need people that have credentials. Who are they? You don't want, you know, John Smith down the road here who farms potatoes and he, he likes to listen to audiobooks, so he's going to be a judge. No, you, I mean, all respect to John Smith and his potatoes. We love you. Keep buying those audiobooks. But you're not necessarily a judge. You may not be able to express good critiquing in a kind way. Positive criticism is what you're seeking as an author, uh, whether it's a written book or a screenplay or an audio book or a paperback, whatever it is, you want positive feedback. Even if it's a critical feedback, you want positive criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a judge one time I had to fire in our screenplay competition because he wrote a giant zero on a score sheet oh. and, said, and wrote his, his whole critique was this sucks. Oh, and I, yes. I went, no, I'm sorry not to be unladylike, but you suck. You are the worst judge I've ever had experience to meet, and you're out. You're fired. I mean, you know. So oh, my gosh. But yeah. most of the judges were great, and I did a lot of qualifying of them. I had college instructors I of writing and so forth. So look for how many entries can they estimate will, will be submitted and accepted. What kind of judges do they have? What kind of fee are they charging? And most of all, if you win or if you place in the top 10 or the top 25, whatever they recognize, Mm-hmm. What's the result? What do you get for that? Do you get a certificate on your wall? Yay. Uh, but do you get instead people who will look at your work? Do you get your work forwarded to potential buyers or potential distributors? That's what you want. You know, mm-hmm. you're in, this is a business for you, even if it's a, a work of the heart and a work of the soul for you. It's also a business you want to succeed at. They don't call it show play. They call mm-hmm. it show business. You know, right. show business. And it if you want to keep doing it and succeed at it and survive at it, you've got to think of it as giving your best creative product and, and giving birth to that wonderful creative thing you want to put in the world, but also making it viable to be sold and purchased and promoted and seen or heard or danced to, whatever it might be. <laughs> right now, we're going to take a break and hear about some priceless people, who priceless personalities who have all been on my show. Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Someone who has touched your heart and soul? People who have faced difficult problems? People who have struggled to find solutions? People who fearlessly shared their stories? People who have not only informed you, but inspired you? People who have priceless personalities? I have been fortunate to host an internet radio talk show called January Jones Sharing Success Stories. And it has been my privilege to interview hundreds of guests. My guests have shared their stories, their struggles, their secrets, and their successes in their own words. In this book, we're talking about people dealing with problems such as incest, molestation, runaway kids, child abuse, drug abuse, polygamy, unemployment, scandal, and starting over. Then there are my guests dealing with difficult physical struggles such as blindness, cancer, and birth defects that are beyond traumatic. My guests have all been exciting, eclectic, and energizing. 
They have amazed, amused, and even astonished me. I have adored getting to meet them, and I adore sharing them with you. Attention all listeners, Priceless Personalities, Success Stories Shared by January Jones, Volume 2 is now available at Amazon.com in paperback and Kindle editions. You'll be able to meet 10 amazing people who will be sharing their own personal stories with all their struggles, successes, and solutions sprinkled with lots of humor and hope. Priceless Personalities features a teenager who becomes one of the famous Supremes from Motown, a nurse who has a humorist helps people to heal, an inspiring laughter yoga instructor, a mother dealing with the loss of a child, an incredible motivational speaker, a woman who married five times, a gifted paranormal nurse, a wise economist, a funny female humorist, along with an older man sharing his sweet childhood in the deep south. January's guests are all amazing and amusing. You will never forget meeting them. Go to Amazon.com for your own priceless experience. Welcome back with my guest, who is a very priceless personality herself, Jeannie. Jeannie, what are other some other resources that can help authors when they're launching a book and trying to promote their book, their audio book, or for that matter, any book? Sure. Um, there are always online courses that can be useful and helpful and this world of the internet, this world of online information has never made it, it's never been easier than now to find the answers to questions. I can't tell you how often when I'm writing projects and I'm, I'm doing a few right now, I'm working on a series of children's books, plus I'm working on uh, a two different novel series that are my own and other things. And you'll be right in the middle of thinking, how do I do that? Or what is, am I spelling that right? Am I pronouncing that right? When I'm doing audiobooks, pronunciation is huge, huge. Let me just throw that in as a PS. Um, there are wonderful sites out there like howtopronounce.com. And I'll go listen to that. And suddenly I know how to pronounce XYZ, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And heaven help me if it's French, because then I have to listen to it three or four or five times to get it right. Um, yeah. Don't be afraid of looking at resources online and type in your search the way you think of it how do I blah, 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 question mark. And it, the search engines are really good about putting how do I, yada, 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 out there and narrowing your field down. And you'll get, you'll get choices. And, you know, look at how many people, look, also look at how old the information is because under tools, when you're searching on Google or whatever search engine you use, you can check the tools for dates. How recently was it posted? How recently was it updated within the last year? I wouldn't look at things older than that because you may, unless, of course, you're researching a period piece of information. But if you're trying to do something contemporary and you want the most recent information and insight, be sure you check the tools and be sure you check what the dates are on it. Because I've looked some things up and gone, oh, that's so exciting. I didn't know those were the facts. And then I look at it, it's 1987. Well, (laughs) I'm sorry, what? (laughs) If I put that information in there, I'm going to look like. You know, I'm going to look like a, a radish from the garden instead of somebody with a brain. You know, I'm, I'm going to yeah. be I'm going to be the straw man from Wizard of Oz. I wish I had a brain. You know. Oh, it was you know when I started writing, it was so much more difficult. I mean, I did all my bibliography, all my research in real libraries. It wasn't anything I could pull from these 
they're, they're doing some construction work. No, it's your fans. They're beating down your door because they, they want to meet you in person. It's so wonderful. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I hope they'll stop. Anyway, going back to doing research, it was such a time-consuming thing. Yeah. Now, when you do an audio book, what are you talking about time-wise? How long does it take you and... Uh, how long are you spending working on it? I know you do a lot to prepare before. Well, if, uh, it depends, of course, on the narrator. Some narrators are faster than others and some are slower than others. They know their speed and uh, they should let their client know how long it will really take. Uh, when, when you, for example, went on ACX and you make an offer to a, to a narrator, you give them a timeline and you say you need the proof of it's a proof of concept. It's uh, what they call the 15 minute checkpoint. Whether you do a 15 minute piece of their work, you listen to that as the author and you approve or, or give notes on it like, oh, well, I, I like your inflection, but you're too soft or you're too loud or uh, you seem sarcastic or, you know, watch out for giddiness when you're reading it. You get notes from the author based on the 15 minute checkpoint. Um, and then once they're happy with the checkpoint and they're ready to rip, um, you have a timeline. Usually they'll say, I want the checkpoint by 15 days from now. Give people two weeks if you're going to ask them. They'll do it sooner generally, but give them two weeks in case of emergency or COVID or who knows what. Mm -hmm. And then once they're approved, you give them, say, at least 30 days uh, or more, depending on the complexity and the length of the book, to produce the finished copy, to finish the mm -hmm. finished mm -hmm. audiobook. Um, and then you're going to get it back as the author at the end of that period. And it's up to you again to listen to it, approve it. And then once it's approved, um, ACX looks to you for payment. You make the payment. And then the narrator producer acknowledges they've been paid. And once they acknowledge they've been paid and the cover's approved and everything by ACX, they send it to Audible. Audible approves everything. And it goes up in a matter of, you know, from a few days to two weeks. Um, so yeah. the timeline to read a book, I try, you know, I try to tell authors that for every hour of a finished audiobook, for like if you if your book comes out evaluated as this is a four hour book, right? Uh -huh. A four hour book will take most narrators, and they're going to hate to have me say this out loud, mm -hmm. but a four hour book will probably take them sixteen hours or more. You're wow. going to do four, four to one for most narrators it, because you don't just read it. You read it, you fix it, you change it, you go back yourself and listen to it. I do it chapter by chapter. I listen to every chapter start to finish. You find little glitches that you missed while you were rolling. Um, there are narrators who use all kinds of techniques when you're narrating. Like I have a, I have a dog clicker. Right. And if I'm reading and I'm narrating, it's going very well and smoothly, and I don't want to have to stop and fiddle mm -hmm. around with it. And I make a boo-boo or a mispronunciation. I go click, click, and then I continue with it correctly, and I just keep going. And then when I listen back to it, you're looking at you're looking at a visual screen of the audio arcs and highs and lows and so forth. You're looking at your recording on a screen, and you can see a spike everywhere you've done that clicker. And you know, oh, that's a boo-boo, go to that, fix it, listen. You know, So you have to go back, you have to catch your errors, you have to smooth it out. If something sounds peculiar or there's an odd pause or there's not enough of a pause, mm -hmm. you go back to the editing process and you clean it up. And if you mispronounce something, 
you have to re-record that spot, which can be challenging because it's got to end up being the same sound level, the same room level. You know, it's not, it's an art form in itself. It's not as easy as people think. They think, oh, you just get in front of a microphone, you read the book. <laughs> um, not quite. Not quite. <laughs> you know yourself having done it, it is, it requires tremendous attention. Oh, it yeah. requires such presence of mind to keep your energy up and keep your attitude up and keep it consistent through the whole book because you don't need chapter one to be, and then they had the most wonderful wedding and it was fantastic. <laughs> All the children were there and grandma dropped dead on the dance floor. Mm. And, you know, and then you go in your next paragraph is, and grandma's wake was held that day. And it was very yeah. <laughs> so, you've, got to, you've got to have a certain consistency as a reader, even though you may feel like saying, and grandma's wake was held and it was sad. You, well, you know, I told you earlier that I did my own audio book way back when, and I think it took four or five days in the oh, yeah. studio. And I had a producer there helping me every step of the way. Yeah. So when you're hiring professional audio people, it's money well spent because mm -hmm. you will get the best product. And, you know, talking about money well spent, I'm going to send this show to ACX <laughs> and to Audible. <laughs> a sponsorship for you. Yeah. We should get a sponsorship for doing this. This is quite a promotion for two right. wonderful companies and two wonderful opportunities. It's, now, so, it's just so great for the artist, mm -hmm. the narrator, producer, to have this chance. And everything they do is so professional. And I love the fact that when you record something and you think it's perfect and you listen to it and you catch the little bugs and you fix it, yeah. and then you go to upload it onto ACX, and it has to go through their audio lab. They have, they call it the playground. They, it goes through their audio lab. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't pass their audio lab, you can't even upload it and tell it to the client. You've got to make sure it passes their standards. And a lot of times what I've seen happen is you'll upload a chapter and it sounds perfect to you and you run it through the audio lab and they go, oh, decibel level is too high. Oh, the RMS level is too low. Oh, you know, oh my gosh. And suddenly you're back at it. And you're going through the whole thing and you're selecting it and you're doing technical things you never thought you'd be possible for you to do. And I've had recording people go, really? You do that? You compress it and you extract it and you do this and you correct your decibel levels and you go in there and you change your, you know, on and on. And it's very specific how it has to come out. You know, it has to be 192, this, that, and the other. And it has to be a noise floor of this. And a, and four seconds on the end and only half a second on the beginning. And, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's very precise. And you come to appreciate that challenge and that gratification you get when it goes through. Yeah. So, you know, uh, we're coming to the end. And it's been a delightful time. Uh, I, this is a question I ask all my guests. And if you could have dinner with any person living or beyond, besides me, who would you choose to have dinner with? Oh gosh, it depends on what the objective of the dinner is. <laughs> you know, if I if I want to learn from someone, if I want to be mentored by someone, um, especially when it comes to writing and being creative. Mm -hmm. I know this is going to sound goofy because I've read all the classics and all the great authors, and I read three to five books a week by myself. I read. Every night, that's how I go to sleep. I read every night and every chance I get. Uh, and there's a lot of authors that I truly adore. But there are some authors, their wordsmithing, their power 
of adjectives and descriptive passages is just blows me away, just absolutely blows me away. And one of them is Dean Koontz. I mean, he writes some thrilling, horrifying, scary books. And I'm not big on, I don't, I don't go to horror movies. I don't, I'm not big on horror, anything like that. But his ability as a wordsmith just blows me away. I, I'm so stunned by his visuals yeah. in his written word. It's amazing. So I don't know. I might want to have dinner with him. <laughs> but there's so many other people I admire, you know, from a... a that would be a fascinating dinner. And uh, if, uh, if this comes up, I hope you invite me. <laughs> and I hope he brings his golden retriever. Whoever the golden retriever in the family is, he and his wife are very big on golden retrievers. And well, then we, we are very big on dogs. So we, we could bring our dogs then, too. <laughs> we can all do it at a dog park. Hey, let's have a picnic at a dog park. I like it. Thank you, Jeannie, so Thank much. You. It's You've been, been great. wonderful having you on the show. And for my listeners, be sure to go to her website. And I hope she's inspired you, um, if not to do an audio book, maybe inspired you to sit down and write a book. And then you can work with Jeannie. Dear listeners, I hope you've enjoyed our time together. We have tried to be informative and inspiring today. My upcoming guests will all be eclectic, energizing, just like Jeannie. Next it Tuesday, was an honor. It was a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's been fun. Next Tuesday live at 2 p.m. Eastern. We look forward to welcoming Angela Loria, who will share her fabulous career with us in publishing. Be sure to sign on to my website, JanuaryJones.com. My 79-year-old thought for the day as I watched this new generation try to rewrite our history. One thing I'm sure of, it will be misspelled and it will not have any punctuation because they're all used to texting. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> so now, thank you for entering the no wine zone. Please share our stories and our show with everyone you know. Remember, stop whining and then start smiling. And if that doesn't work, then you can go out and start eating chocolate. Lots and lots of chocolate. Thank you, Jeannie. And to my listeners, take care and stay safe until we meet again. We want to thank you for listening to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Always remember Ms. Jones' personal mantra, if you can think it, you can do it. That's what all of our guests have done with their lives, and so can you. You are the ultimate success coach in your own life. All you need to do will be to start sharing your own story with your family and friends. We hope that our guest stories will encourage you to explore an equation in your future that will combine your creativity, plus connecting with others will enable you to be successful too. Always remember, your passion plus your purpose will equal prosperity as you explore the wonderful world of January Jones.